Hello, everyone. We are continuing our series on becoming your best self so that you can better handle conflict and help improve your relationship with those who are important to you and help diffuse conflict along the way to improve those relationships. The last session, we talked about the importance of forgiveness. After I recorded that session, I actually saw a meme pop up on my Facebook, and it was about the impact of hurt or trauma on others. The meme went along the lines of, it was years of hurt, it was years of trauma, don't ask me to forgive that person. And I thought about that for a long time because of the session I had previously recorded and the importance of forgiveness, of forgiving yourself. And I thought, I have a, a trauma-informed practice. That's something that's very important to me. And so I want to make sure that those who have suffered from trauma, those who have been emotionally hurt by others know that it's about releasing the control and the hold that that hurt, that trauma has over you. And so if you're not able to forgive the other person, that's okay. There are great books out there about uh, releasing yourself from the harm that others have caused you. And so that's something that you have to work out for yourself. That's something that maybe it might take meditation on your part, working through that, seeing a therapist. But it's very important that I focus on the impact of releasing yourself from that harm, from that trauma, so that you can move forward. Again, when we're talking about conflict resolution, it's important that you're able to forgive yourself because if you're not able to forgive yourself, it's harder to hold up that standard of forgiveness for others. But it's also important to not let her and trauma have a hold over you and hold you back in your life. There are a lot of things that may have happened to you. Um, one of the things that I did a lot of research on because of the work that I do is the impact of trauma from a parent. And there's statistics that show that a lot of individuals have trauma that they endure as children. And they're called adverse childhood experiences. Again, a lot of research on that, ACEs, um, short term for it. And one of the things that uh, I sought to understand is how that trauma impacts you, how that then converts into how you treat others, how you raise your own children. One of the books that I read though on forgiveness and moving past that, helping you release yourself from that, had a lot to do with how your parents were raised. Were they shown love? Were they emotionally abused? What words were used in speaking to them? Because we, we tend to imitate what we see. And so asking yourself, was my parent shown love? Was my parent shown affection? How was my parent treated when they did something wrong? How were they treated when maybe like a kid, they did something at school that they shouldn't have done. So looking at generational treatment of individuals can help you understand. So again, it's not excusing the actions or the words, but better understanding where that person that may have hurt you or caused you trauma, why they did that. Um, what were their experiences? 
throughout my sessions, if you ever attend one of my conflict resolution workshops, if you're ever in one of my dialogues, you're going to hear me talk about experiences a lot. Because as we understand each other, it's based on experiences. I have a different viewpoint than my neighbor, than my husband, than my friends, than even my parents because of my experiences. We all have different experiences. It shapes our perception. It shapes what we believe. It shapes how we act, how we treat others, how we vote. It just goes on and on and on. And if we don't seek to understand each other's experiences, we're not going to fully understand the other person. We're not going to be able to find a shared narrative. Again, our experiences shape our perception, it shapes how we think, it shapes our actions, how we vote, things like that. And so if I don't understand where someone is coming from, it's easier for me to put up that wall, right? To think I'm right, I have all the answers. When I start to listen to someone else here about their background, how they grew up, their culture, um, what school they went to, how they were treated in school, how they were treated at home, what it was like when they got their first job, what their work environment is like. When I get to have these deeper conversations with another individual, I start to see their story, what has shaped their story, what has led to why they think the way they think. And in that, you can start to find shared commonalities. What is important to this other person? What's important to me? What's important to that other person for their family, for their career aspirations, for the impact that they want to have in this world? What can I pull from that that's common to what I want to do? So finding those similarities, you don't have to agree with someone else to respect their viewpoint or to at least understand where they're coming from. I, I don't always respect the viewpoints of some of the people that uh, tell me why they vote a certain way or why they're going to do this or that. But that doesn't mean that I don't understand their experience and why they're choosing to do that. And I do think that mutual respect is important. I do have respect for their experiences. I do have respect for um, that conversation that we have. I'm honoring the conversation. I'm honoring that person for being open and honest and being vulnerable. It's difficult to open up to someone and share deep experiences. It's difficult to open up to someone and talk to them about how you were treated as a child. Maybe if you were bullied in school. It, these are deep, tough conversations. I posted on my Facebook page uh, a video of two friends having conversations about race relations. And I thought it was just so beautiful because they were having tough, deep conversations and what they were asking each other was, what is your experience? What have you lived through? What was your growing up like? What's it been like career-wise? Um, so just having these tough conversations, deep conversations, but they were so respectful of each other, so friendly of each other. So again, uh, when I say I don't necessarily agree with someone's opinion, and if it's 
you know, very far-fetched or something like that, then maybe I might not respect it. But um, I do have respect for that person and I do honor that person and I honor the fact that they're being open and honest and vulnerable with me. And I do that because I want that same respect in return. I want that same type of courtesy so that I feel comfortable to be able to open up and have these conversations and let people know where I'm coming from and why I'm making the statement that I'm stating or why I have a certain viewpoint or why something is important to me. I am okay with agreeing to disagree. And as a mediator, one of the things that's important in a mediation is to have ground rules. So setting the stage for the future conversation. And one of the things that you could do with a loved one, with a friend, with a coworker is say right at the beginning, we're going to have this conversation. I will adhere to respecting you. I will adhere to listening to you. And I agree to disagree. It's okay if at the end of the day, we can't disagree, but I want to know more about you. I want to learn more about your experience. I want to learn why this is your viewpoint. Help me understand your thought process. And then once you've listened to that person and truly listen, don't listen to respond, as they say, listen to listen, to hear that other person. Then once you've given them the opportunity to speak, then go ahead and share your experience. That's what a a conversation really looks like. Listening, honoring that person, honoring that space, honoring that time, and then you sharing with that other person, sharing stories, I think that's very important. I think that's something that we don't do nowadays. Uh, Nowadays, I think a lot of us listen to respond. Um, A lot of times we're already formulating our rebuttal in a conversation when it's just a simple conversation of someone telling you or explaining to you why they feel a certain way or why they think a certain way. Um, And how, why they feel a certain way, why they think a certain way could have absolutely nothing to do with you, right? Because they're sharing maybe an earlier experience, something that has happened to them in the past. And yet you're already thinking about how am I going to respond? How am I going to counter what they have said. Um, So let's try to get away from that, right? Let's try to get away from how am I going to prove my point? And let's start moving towards how can I better understand this person, their experiences? How can I share my story, my experiences? And how can we work together? We may not agree, but let's find the things that we both want to happen, that outcome that we're looking for? What is a solution that we can find that takes pieces of what that person's viewpoint is and the actions that that person wants to take and some of the uh, pieces of the actions that I want to take from my viewpoint and let's work together to make something happen, something good. That's something that we're, we're not doing such a great job of when we look at how families are talking to each other, friends are talking to each other, coworkers are talking to each other. It's so interesting. And social media is very easy. I've talked about this before to 
say something, right, and hide behind the fact that I'm not saying this face-to-face -face or over the phone to someone. And so we need to tone that language down a bit. I've actually, I, I don't want to say I've experimented, but uh, I have had some conversations where I've, I've done it on purpose to see how far is this going to go. The sociologist in me, the uh, researcher in me wants to see how, how far am I willing to take this? How far is uh, this family member willing to take it with me? And you know, things can get pretty testy very quickly. And so you have to take that step back and say, you know, I honor you, I respect your um, experiences, I respect that you're trying to do something good, I respect that we're both trying to work towards a common goal, I may not agree with you. Um, and you know, like I said, and these are outliers, right? If, if we're being um, critical and if we're taking a look, at some of the things that people say and some of the things that people actually are doing. Um, we have some outliers that are, I think are extremists on on either side, uh, whatever we're talking about. And so those are the people that I'm referencing when I say, you know, you don't have to say um, that you necessarily respect that if it's something that goes against your values, that goes against um, your notion of what's right. But again, respecting the fact that they were open and honest with you, respecting their experiences. Try to understand why they've become an outlier. Try to understand what has made them take that extreme viewpoint and try to try to share commonalities with that person and try to explain why your viewpoint is different, why you think different actions will lead to a better outcome. Um, a lot of times people just want to be heard. I will tell you that that's something that I have found in the outliers and the extremists is there's a, a feeling of lack of power. And by having these extreme viewpoints or making these exaggerated comments, uh, it's a way for them to, to get attention and maybe try to grasp at getting power. So don't fall into that. Listen to what is at the heart of what they're trying to say, what's important to them. So don't listen to the extremist viewpoints. Don't listen to uh, the exaggerated responses and comments. Ask questions such as why. Why is that important to you? Help me understand why you think this will lead to a better outcome. Help me understand how you think this will lead to a resolution. And start sharing. Start saying, you know, something like that has happened to me in the past, or I've seen something like that happen to a friend or family member, and it had a negative consequence. This was that negative impact. This was that negative experience. This was that negative feeling that hurt me, that traumatized me, that led to a bad outcome for me, for my family member, for a friend, for a coworker, and share that experience because it may be that that person, again, like I've said, that's trying to grasp at um, getting some sort of control or power back in their life because they feel like they have lost it is not seeing those negative impacts. And so when you share that with that individual, it could help bring them to a place where they are open to finding common ground. Again, finding what are the needs finding what are the needs? What is it that you need? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? Why is that important to you? Um, sharing with them, this is what's important to me. This is a need that I have that hasn't been met. Um, 
I saw someone try it your way or, you know, someone tried it your way. And this was the negative consequence for my family member, for my friend, for me, for my daughter, for my son. Um, sharing experiences, finding the needs, finding what is the outcome that we're looking for. Try to get to that shared experience, that shared narrative that will really help in reducing these um, negative conflicts that are bubbling up that I see between family members and friends, coworkers, colleagues, individuals that I, I do think ultimately have respect for each other that would like to honor each other. Uh, but they're getting away from that because they're taking bits and pieces of extremist views or extremist viewpoints and kind of putting those out there as opposed to taking a risk and just being open and vulnerable, sharing their experiences. And it could be that that's burned that person in the past. So ask them, have you shared this before? What was the outcome of sharing this in the past? What was the reaction of others? And it's okay to just listen and then say, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, and then reiterate the fact that that's not why you're there. You're not there to rebut them. You're not there to force them to see your viewpoint. You're there to try and have a conversation to help better understand that person and hopefully have that person better understand you. Um, again, shared experiences, setting ground rules of let's have an open and honest conversation. Let's respect each other. Let's honor this time and the space that we have carved out for each other. Let's make sure that we're really listening. I'm going to talk about later on in my sessions, things that I teach in my workshop so that you can really make sure that you're hearing the other person and help that person feel heard. But it's very important to set those ground rules and you don't have to call them ground rules when you're having uh, just a heart to heart with a friend or a family member. But uh, just saying at the onset, let's have a conversation. These are the things that I'd like to see in our conversation. Respect, making sure that each one of us gets an opportunity to speak, really listening to you, having you really uh, listen to me. And let's try and see if we can get to an outcome. And I'm okay if we are still in disagreement at the end. I just want to make sure that I understand where you're coming from. I think that just that shared humanity, that empathy, showing that other person that you really care, that goes a long way in being okay with agreeing to disagree. These are just some, some tips, but also, again, kind of coming full circle. As I mentioned, um, I also wanted to let people know that if they did experience trauma, it's not 100% about just the forgiveness of the other person, but it's being able to release yourself from whatever whole that trauma has on you. There was a, an exercise, and I can't remember from what book I got this from, but it was about releasing yourself from that trauma. And it could be that you might have to just every day take five minutes in the morning as you set your tone for the day 
I release myself from the pain and the hurt that this experience or this person caused me. It does not have a hold over me. Today, I seek to have a day full of joy. I want to accomplish the following three items. And you just set your intention, set your tone for the day. It could be that your intention for that day is to get a project done. It could be that your intention for that day is to make sure that you have a very intentional moment with your child, with your husband, with a friend. It could be that your intention for that day is to tackle a conflict that you're involved in that hasn't been resolved and you want to take steps to um, dissipate that conflict. You want to de-escalate the tension and you want to try to move forward towards a resolution. Whatever your intention is for the day, I wish you luck. If you are someone that has experienced trauma or hurt and you're still feeling the effects of that. I hope that you're able to release yourself from that. I hope that if you are currently involved in a conflict with someone that you're able to take some of the tips from today about having a fruitful conversation that helps you not just focus on positions, not just focus on the negative things you're hearing from the other person, but really seeking to find common ground through shared experiences finding what's important to the other person, what's important to you. How can you take bits and pieces from what you're hearing each other say and work towards a common resolution? With that, I will leave you for today's session and I look forward to seeing you on my next podcast. Have a great day, everyone.